Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome back to Pixels, the show where we talk about video games, uh, we talk about PC, consoles, mobile and the industry in general. My name is Patrick Beja and today I am welcoming the CEO of an incredibly important and popular company in the world of video game and media. Uh, the, that company is Yogscast and that person is uh, Mark Turpin. How's it Hello. going, sir? I'm very important. So, um, yes, yes, you are very fortunate uh, to have me on the show. Uh, and it's, uh, it's great to, uh, for you to have me here. Yeah, well, you uh, know, also, I... I'm, I'm excited to do this. I did this ages ago. We haven't done it since. Well, I'm assuming you're... that's because I'm so busy and yeah, not exactly, that exactly. it's taken this long for you to build up the, the strength to get through it once again. You know, I count myself and the listeners of this show lucky to have you on a second time. And uh, I just don't want to ask too much of you because I know you might get uh, annoyed after a while. So I, I pace them out. I'm very um, quick to anger. That's one uh -huh. of my many faults. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's a good. It's a great show, Pixels. Um, it's a terrible movie. But uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm a never gonna live that one down. Uh, I had the show. I had the yeah. show name way before the movie, by the way. But um, yeah, well, I think that's, that was 50% of the reason they went with that name. They said, "Guys, it's trending right now on on Google. Uh, we need to jump Googles. on that SEO." Exactly. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about a bunch of video game gamey things. Uh, the Nintendo Super NES Classic, along with the Atari Box, which no one really no, no one really knows what it is, but we're going to speculate. Uh, there's a bunch of Blizzard news. Uh, there's uh, PUBG selling four million. Markiplier being super influential, like he's uh, 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 the most influential. Do you invite like I'd is. like you to invite like a, a supermodel on and then just talk about all these other more <laughs> beautiful people? Uh, but no, please do carry on. <laughs> that 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 would be interesting. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, we're going to be talking about all of this. Uh, first one is the Super NES Classic, which everyone knew was coming. Um, I, I so it's going to be a little bit better. Do you play the NES? No, the so that's. NES even so i should say rather than the nez the nez uh you mean the nez classic yeah i didn't and i don't that's a thing that i don't quite understand i mean it, the, the, the so first of all the super nes uh, classic is going to be a little bit uh better uh because there are better games basically it's half the games or uh, two-thirds of the number of games but they're all great they're all great games. Uh, there's two controllers included with the thing. It's like 89 or 99 bucks. It's a little bit more expensive, but because there's a second controller, it kind of makes sense. Um, 79. 
bucks. Seventy nine. Okay, so it's 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 not too expensive. It's again a super good present. You just can't for... get. Them. You just can't get them again. As as with the as with the NES Classic, you know, Nintendo made four, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the yeah, obviously. Uh, so so with the NES Classic, it sold out super quick, and no one really was expecting it to begin with. Um, and, and then obviously the SNES, um, people were hoping. And uh, I think sold out even quicker. Everywhere I looked, it was just gone instantly. Yeah, they're getting um, more. Get they're getting more stock, classic. and uh, and Nintendo did say that they are they made more and they plan to have more um, than for the NES. But the thing is, you know, I have I kind of have dual feelings with this because I understand they're never going to make enough to sell for everyone who wants one. But at the same time, I don't understand the people who want one. It's like you're going to play this thing. It, it, maybe, you know, a few, a handful of people are going to play it seriously for a long time. Most people yeah. are going to play it for a couple of hours, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the reality of any of us who do have some of our old consoles stored away up in the, in the attic. You know, you, you bring it down and you plug it in. You maybe get it working. And then it's amazing for an hour. Exactly. And then you're like, Phew. and like Goldeneye. Do you remember Goldeneye on the on the N64? N64? Yeah, of course. Yeah, amazing game. Obviously, ah, oh, try playing it now. Like the control scheme <laughs> is so awkward, and it's so just what is going on. And it's, that not, it's that's like, the important thing. It's not just the graphics. Like obviously, the graphics are going to be old, and and in the case of a 3D game like Goldeneye, uh, really uh, horrendous. But except apart for Probably you know Super Mario, uh, Super Mario World, and uh, Zelda Three, which are two games that still control really well and are really enjoyable. I'm guessing there's another one or two, but other than those, most games are not going to play very well. So no, exactly. I mean, you've got Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past, which is a great game, yeah. uh, and people should experience it. However. You, an even better game is uh, Breath of the Wild uh, on a more expensive console, albeit, but one that there'll be more than 21 games on. Um, you can play Star Fox 2, which has never been released. Now, yeah. I don't know if that says to me classic or, you know, fantastic game. You know, often really good games, they get released, uh, yeah. they get put out there. Now, I know Star Fox 2 would have had its own nuances and, you know, things that maybe it was too late in a console and I think like people are going to buy the Super NES Classic to play Star Fox, Fox 2. It's going to be for the... Yeah. And anyway, I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on this. It's, it's basically the same debate as it was for the, the Nintendo. The, the, cool thing, though, the cool thing about it is they've done a European SNES. Because right. our SNES look different. So we have a European SNES Classic where we've got the colorful controllers. They're not just like Palmer Violet Purple. Like um, the Japanese one. Exactly. And a different shape. So, so R, the, R the is, Nintendo, is basically uh, the, the Japanese shape, the Japanese version. Uh, and the, yeah, I think the so. Americans had that weird blocky one. Mm. So looks it'd be better. interesting. I, I, again, it's not something I would buy. Um, I would get like a Raspberry Pi that played all the games. Right. Just so <laughs> like, a, oh, yeah, there you go. If you want to do that, you know, for, almost for people socializing, coming around. It's like, oh, do you want to play a really old game? <laughs> um, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know. And since you, you own know all the games in the attic, it would be you know, considered I would legally, legal. Yeah. Well, 
even then, I don't know how illegal it is. Yeah, it could um, be I'm just, arguably legal, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking that I'm going to take the risk on Nintendo finding out where I live uh, <laughs> and sending the, the fuzz around. Yeah. Um, as, it, as it stands, like I said, it's, I would just much rather, with the time I have, if someone said to me, do you want to play a game? Do you want to play, I don't know, The Last of Us? Or uh, do you want to play Horizon Zero Dawn? Or do you want to play Star Fox 2? Or do you want to mm. play Punch Out or Kirby's Dream Course? I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna go for those new, rich, uh, zeitgeisty things than an old game that's just nostalgia that yeah. would you know burn me out. And but that's... they are cool. They look cool. I like the fact they're mini. I like the fact that they you know they're fun looking things. Um, I just think again, it's more fan service than anything else. Yeah. Hello? Or, Hello? Yeah. yeah, yeah Can you yeah. hear me? Okay, yeah. sorry. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I understand the benefit of having a, a, an HDMI connector and all of that. But, um, yeah, really, it's not... I don't understand. I mean, maybe people are just looking for a couple of hours of fun, and that's it. And, you know, that's fine. But if you think you're going to be playing uh, Kirby's Dream Course and Castlevania for, for hours on end, it's just a nostalgia trip. And... Well, I mean, I some people are going to play them, but yeah. Yeah. It's older Anyways. gamers with kids who are like, you know what I played when I was your age? This. We're going to yeah. sit down as a family <laughs> and we're going to play games properly. I haven't got to worry about any cussing or any violence. You know, it's all <laughs> blocks and stuff and we're going to have fun. And, and the kid is crying brutal. and going yeah, like, exactly. but I want to play Batman Lego. Yeah, it's like, nope. Yeah. No, nope, you can't. This. You can't go on Call of Duty and tell people about the times you've had with their mothers. <laughs> you need to play Kirby Stream Course, right? And and some people have been doing fun things like uh, going through the history of video games with their kids and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, another thing which is kind of leaves me a little bit perplexed is the Atari uh, Atari box, which they kind of teased, and uh, everyone would have expected it to be the exact same thing as the Nintendo Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic, except they mentioned it's going to be using PC architecture, which could mean anything, but sort of sent everyone in kind of a frenzy. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean... Let's it it very well could be a just you know Atari classic games Atari VCS twenty six hundred classic games in small form just like the Nintendo consoles, but if it's not and if that um you know it, it's going to be using PC architecture statement has some kind of weight to it, what do you imagine it could be like? Could it be a, a new console or like? I don't see Atari doing no, something I think, super I think, serious. I don't think there's the money in it, to be honest with you. When you look at the console formats there are now, you know, we've got Sony, we've got Microsoft, we've got Google, and we've got Apple um, who have gaming platforms and, uh, and obviously Nintendo. Um, those, are, those are the established companies that exist because they have platforms big enough that developers generate content for them. Um, Atari Box... Atari is a great brand um, and potentially it's uh, been kind of the brand that has been bought to launch uh, maybe some form of cloud streaming or gaming service. So kind of like, um, you know, on live or the, uh, the um, Gaikai, the PlayStation Now, it could be a service like that where mm. it leveraged uh, the cloud 
in which case interesting um to play classic like, games to play like atari no, I don't old think atari so. games i think it would just be one of those things where you know that would be a, a cool way if you were a, a new company coming to market with a lot of vc money behind you potentially you 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 know spend part of that with a deal with atari to be like you know what i reckon we're going to cause more of a splash if it's you know called the atari uh, online mm. cloud gaming platform i don't uh, know man i mean there, not, there's been be some android based operating system playing yeah. old atari games yeah. which would be you know bleh. and maybe they open it and other people can put their their uh games on them and maybe it's android as you said android based so it could be like a nuya type deal but even then yeah, all of those well, have been it? tried but i mean if they make a 50 bucks console that can play games like Anuya that can play games that you can download through a store maybe the Atari name could carry it into but who's going to buy no, one of those series No right? exactly exactly yeah. even as an Atari classic like mm. I wouldn't you know, it I remember definitely doesn't have the being, you know like these old games but I wouldn't buy one Yeah exactly I mean for Nintendo it has a nostalgia factor that is immense Uh, Atari is a name that everyone knows, and we do think of it fondly, but I don't know. I would much sooner buy a Nintendo classic console than an Atari classic console. Um, it's same, almost same thing for a Sega console. I, I wasn't a Sega kid. Uh, I did have one at some point, uh, I think both of them, but... I would probably buy a Sega console before an Atari console because, yeah. I mean, Adventure, Pong, uh, Pac-Man, all of those are not... Yeah, and it, you don't have a, the same emotional attachment that you do to the characters from or the games from the uh, Japanese console makers. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure what that's going to be. Uh, talking about Sega, they have uh, free-to-play games available on, on, uh, on uh, mobile platforms. Which mm-hmm. they they've called the initiative uh, Sega Forever. Apparently, the games aren't very well developed, and uh, I haven't even taken the time to download them. So, but it's funny that it's everyone's getting onto that uh, nostalgia bandwagon. I mean, it makes sense because I mean, so one thing Sega does well is Sega has a lot of IPs, and mm. there are a lot of well loved IPs um, where we've grown up with Sonic, with um, Echo the Dolphin, for example. Now, there hasn't been an Echo <laughs> the Dolphin game in forever but sega uh, a couple of years back i think um basically said hey indies if you want to take our old ips and run with them you know we're here we're here to talk to you you know we want to find uh, more companies out there and yet i haven't seen anyone do it <laughs> monster boy um, um i don't know if that if that was part of that but monster boy saw a remake uh and it was pretty popular in france so maybe it's and so, it's a french company that so did maybe no, but, but exactly mm. maybe but that's but the sort many, of thing yeah. that was the sort of direction that they wanted to go in like golden axe amazing franchise uh well loved if you were to create a, an up-to-date modern golden axe you would probably have a better chance than if you just made a game kind of like one up to date. You know, having that IP would bring in a lot of audience that then helps you get your first kind of foot on the, on the ladder. Um, that's true. I mean, golden axe is, is I have amazing memories of golden axe there. There, it would definitely bring attention to, there are a few, but someone, something like that would, would raise my eyebrows. Exactly. So Sega, though, definitely in the PC space, very forward thinking, at least in the um, Europe and American uh, regions. 
Um, in, in Japan, uh, they aren't as uh, embracing, I guess, of some of the newer kind of platforms and ways of doing business. Um, but certainly you can see the way that Sega treats PC titles now mm. is with such respect um, that it gains a lot of love from gamers out there. It's not always that they've got all the right kind of sliders and uh, settings options unlocked and things like that, but at least they they seem to try and it is a, it is a, a thought less so than an afterthought. Um, but with mobile, it just seems like this is a uh, an opportunity for them to port stuff over and see how well it, it goes. Mm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. You know, it's, um, it's one of those things, again, these games weren't designed for this platform. Interface isn't very fun. Uh, they crash out quite a bit. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, for two bucks, you can get rid of ads. Um, but yeah, it's not like the, it's not like the, the platform is made for those games. Anyway, we know they don't really work when you port Mm. them, the controls are wonky and you have the things on screen that don't work very well. So I understand they're not putting a lot of thought into it and it's just a way to make a quick buck. But um, But like comic zone, I remember renting comic zone from a, a video rental store. Uh, and I rented it for the weekend. I remember kind of playing through the first bit. And Comic Zone, basically, you play as this guy in a comic strip. And so you're kind of battling your way through each scene, jumping between panels, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall all the time, uh, making tricky jumps. Uh, and it's it, it was, from memory, an enjoyable game. Um, have I downloaded it on my phone? No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do I want to? Mm, not really. Uh, but maybe and, and you, allude, you alluded to it earlier it's like we have and we talk about it all the time i think now it's become kind of a, a almost tired uh mantra for the past couple of years and and you know especially the the beginning of this year there are so many things to play i don't know of many people who would go and play those old things seriously rather than the things that are coming out now um it especially last year and this year and it's looking like next year is going to be just as good so uh mm. yeah anyway so if you uh down if you are planning on buying the nintendo super nes classic and for another reason that the ones we mentioned on the show and you want to let us know please do you can come to uh, frenchspin.com on the notes of this episode and, and leave a comment maybe we're missing something but i mean lots of people are buying them but um uh, a little bit more Nintendo news. Uh, Splatoon 2 is uh, getting its multiplayer demo. The game is releasing July 21st along with a the Switch online app that lets you uh, do things like see your friends Finally. chat. And yeah, I'm not super excited about it, to be honest. It seems wonky. Have you seen that? You can uh, log in with Twitter, can't you? How does it work? <laughs> I don't. Honestly, I don't have great hopes. The thing that killed me was... You know, the fact that the chat is going through the app rather than the games on the Switch means that if you want to have a headset, then you have to have... You, did you see that uh, Splatoon headset from Hori, I think, uh, the 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 uh, manufacturer, where basically it's it's completely bonkers. Since you have two audio sources, two different audio sources, what you need to do is get your headset 
and have this adapter where you will plug uh, the 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 phone on one end and the switch on the other end it, and it will mix the two audio sources and you will get the result in your um headset and so you know you have the mic and everything but you need to connect it to mm. the two different devices it's kind of i don't know anyway it's i wonky. mean wonky it's what sorry it's wonky also it's i don't wonky. like the switch um doesn't have bluetooth so all of my headphones nowadays are bluetooth so i got to like um get a cable to plug them in and it's just like ugh, come yeah. on nintendo <laughs> you know how about my first world problem yeah so, i think um, i think the bluetooth is a little bit more of a wor- f- uh, first world problem than the the first and a half world problem of having two devices to to uh plug in but um, anyway, so that's happening. Splatoon two looks like it's going to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more different from Splatoon one than I anticipated initially. Um, it's actually a worthy, uh, you know, it seems like the content is worthy of the number two, a proper Probably sequel being, rather yeah. than it rather felt than like a one point yeah. five initially, but now that they've shown more, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing from Nintendo is that we have a confirmation that Fire Emblem has made more money as a free-to-play than Mario Run as a free-to-try. Um, and that is worrisome to me because I always thought, you know, if Mario can't make it as a free-to-try <laughs> game, like not free-to-play that you're going to sink in money indefinitely into the game, then no company can ever make a game on mobile that is not free to play because they can't make it work. And now we have a confirmation that even Fire Emblem with its much smaller amount of downloads uh, has already made more money. Do you think that's going to mean we're never going to see a free-to-start game from Nintendo and they're all going to be free-to-play from now on? I'd imagine so. If you look at the mobile market, that's just how it is. And it's like if I asked you for 20 bucks or if i asked you for a dollar you know and i just did that i don't know 30 times uh i reckon you know you'd feel easier about the chucking out a dollar a time than parting with 20 bucks all at once and i think the thing is is had mario been free to try and then two bucks to unlock the whole thing um then mario would have made more money did you say two bucks yeah Hmm. because it was what was it it was like 12 was or something wasn't it nine, i don't remember what it was nine, uh, nine well 10 yeah. 10 yeah yeah so it's, it's, it was it was a you know chunk of change that's a bit daunting um and so i know i so the the goat sim guys have you, if you've ever played goat sim by coffee stain studios mm-hmm. uh, it's a very silly game where you play as a goat <laughs> um and it's all physics based and it's very silly um they released uh, a mobile version of the game mainly because there were so many uh kind of um rip-offs on there they thought oh truth we should just put our one out on there um it was a, a premium purchase and uh it went straight to number one on the uh premium you know on the actual paid chart um and it was not in the top 100 grossing apps at the time wow. all of those apps were free because to make money on mobile you need a lot of people paying little bits and that's just how it works it's just the mentality of people um and over time we spend more money you know when i play hearthstone i didn't buy it and then pay 200 dollars to unlock all the cards i got it for free (laughs) and i spent two thousand dollars 
buying cards and all the rest expansions. Have you spent 2,000 bucks now? You haven't oh, spent 2,000. I must have. I don't know. Yeah. Really? I reckon I spend probably about 200 at least $200. Uh, Each might expansion? Been Jesus, you I'm, are yeah, the I, CEO I, of a major corporation. Yeah, That's but, outrageous. Yeah, you know, I've, got, uh, I've got an addiction. Uh, <laughs> and, but the thing is, again, is I... I'm not spending that all at one time. Of course, I'm yeah. buying like I buy the the the, the fifty buck bundle and feel like oh that was good. I got extra value there. It only worked out like you know eighty cents rather than a dollar a pack. Um, and then I'll do it again. Uh, you know later when it feels uh, easier. You know I just forgot since the last time. Or like oh man, I really <laughs> want to get those two other legendaries. I want to yeah I'll buy some more. I'll probably get lucky. I'm very often <laughs> Um, but the games are built in that way, you know, where you're meant to, yeah, um, of course. I mean, that's how, that's yeah. how, and, and, you know, with, with Hearthstone, it's even, even though you spent outrageous amounts of money, it's, there is an end in sight, uh, for, for the Hearthstone pack. Like you could conceivably get so many things that you would have most of the cards that you want. The, the oh, yeah. treacherous thing with most free to play games is that you're paying for energy kind of like for, yeah. to unlock to things that are, yeah. You, <laughs> you're, it's like, <laughs> although, yeah. And it's, it's, I guess, you know, it's not that different from putting quarters in a in a machine in an arcade machine so i don't know that exactly. it is that more that. dirty or but whatever but um, physically handle money and if you notice how hmm. society we've been introducing more card-based plastic electronic payments you know now with apple pay and contactless cards i don't even type a number in i just kind of <laughs> wait my kind of watch or, or or card at something and the yeah, person and you don't think about it when it's not a, a, an amount big enough that it exactly. actually makes you pause yeah. these things my phone doesn't ask me for my password anymore it just says like hey do you want to pay i'm like yep i do cool <laughs> and it's it's it doesn't feel like real money like a real transaction like a lot of those things and thusly you spend more and it's it's yeah. you know that's and so fire emblem was designed as a free-to-play game it was designed to have mechanisms in there that would frustrate you to the point where you go like you know what i'm a busy person i'm gonna spend or i'm an impatient person i'm gonna spend and it just whereas you know mario was literally like okay we're gonna gate certain content if you want to play more you're gonna have to pay us some money and that's not how it is it should be like oh you're doing really well you almost did it in fact if you just want another shot at it, that's only going to cost you 99 cents. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, I was so close. You know, maybe I never... like, hey, if you need an extra five seconds, that's only, you know, 50 cents. I never, uh, I never you know, all of those fall for things. these things. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never, of I don't think not. I've ever paid for anything free to play except for Hearthstone. You know, some of those quote unquote good free to play games, which I think exactly. are, are yeah. more. Yeah. But I mean, it's fine. It, it we always say if people find their joy in those games, whatever it is, you know, one of the millions, uh, millions of clones yeah. of of uh, Clash Royale and and all of those, it's fine uh, as long as it you're beats, doing uh, it responsibly. Yeah, kind of shooting but, smack and stuff like that. You know, it's just yeah. like you know, if I'm going to go out and get really drunk one night, how much does that cost me, and what's my physical health afterwards yeah. versus spending the same amount over the course of a couple of weeks? Uh, you know, probably neglecting my family and my work and my hygiene, <laughs> uh, you know, just because I'm so glued to this addictive little phone. Um, so, well, you know. I, I'll say one thing. Uh, I'm really happy that so far 
that trend has not come to dominate uh, console and, you know, PC well, games. I mean, there, there are a lot of free-to-play yeah, games, but yeah. it, it's free-to-play games where you buy something and they keep offering more of that one thing that you bought. It's not the energy model. And I think there's a very clear distinction between the two free-to-play models. You know, one of them, you... you get something that you play with and you're excited because you want to get the extra thing there if they've added into the game. And the other is, as we've said, just paying for the energy and accomplishing nothing with that energy other than, you know, getting to another place where you're needing more energy to accomplish the thing you want to accomplish. It's not like yeah. getting a character in League of Legends, you know, paying for a character that you think is really cool and you're going to enjoy playing with that character specifically. And then there's another one you think is really cool, so you're going to pay again or, you know, these kinds of things. But um, Well, again, anyway. when you look at certain games, again, they do it just cosmetic and certain games do it as time. So they're like, hey, okay, you might not have as much time to play as this other person, probably because you have a job. And you probably earn money at that job. And if you want to spend some of that money back in here, we're going to make it so that the time you do spend is accelerated. So, you know, you're going to get faster um, leveling. But uh, the, you know, the, like stim the mobile ones don't make, don't make cosmetic stuff. It's usually the energy no, slash time, time thing, energy, right? And exactly, that's what yeah. I really don't like. And that's the thing. And so uh, I, I, I think PC games and console games... Um, they do have a lot of time-based, you know, premium things out there. It really? just doesn't tend Which to ones? be the big games. Uh, I think a lot of the kind of the cheaper MMOs, uh, a lot of the MMOs okay. you pay for kind of better leveling and things like that. Uh, sometimes mm. you're yeah, I'd say maybe they exist, but they're here. not. You know, they're not a they're major not trend the big, in, in they're PC. Not the, no, yeah. exactly. Whereas in mobile games, it's the the equivalent of yeah. the AAAs are all doing uh, time-based stuff, whereas our AAAs are doing cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Um, on console, I really and hope, also yeah. you get games like Hitman, which uh, was released as like three levels, and then over time, content drops came out, um, like a DLC drop. Um, that right, possibly the, the pass, first, the then, first successful uh, season, you know, episodic content-based. Uh, action game ever made oh and by the way they got the uh ip i don't know if you saw that but oh, uh io interactive became independent and they retained the ip of hitman and the first thing they did is remove that uh silly um content protection drm thing uh from the game so uh, <laughs> that's a, it's a great <laughs> way for but that's IO a great way exactly to kind of win some some faith with the audience and say boom instantly hey we're a, we're an independent company now we're an indie we don't care about this and that. We care about making good games. Yeah. Um, Hitman uh, was a phenomenal, phenomenal gaming experience today. When it came out, it was, you know, a hollow game with three levels. And right. it's like, as soon as you finished it, it was like, hey, do you want to go back and replay those same levels a hundred times with subtle nuances? But then they added in like special contracts. So it's like this weekend only, you have to kill this guy. You get one shot. And if you mess it up, that's it. If you try and do it on Monday, he's gone. You know, you've got to do it now. And those sorts of things are really cool. And they kept developing and kept working with that. And it is a very rich, featureful game today. Uh, and it would be great to see them continue making more of those. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right. Anyway, so that was our, our little discussion about free-to-play games. And unfortunately, it seems we're going to get uh, more of them from Nintendo. I hope that we also have... Uh, you oh, know, I love that. That means we're getting games, more Nintendo but... games. Yeah, like, yeah, but know, I, I, yeah. I just... I, I just... mean, it's, it's tough to pay money. Did you ever play um, Pocket Mortys? Uh, the Rick Which and Morty one? kind of Pokemon game. Oh, no, Pocket I don't... I, I don't really like... Uh, I Rick mean, and Morty, that's fine. You've got no taste. Oh, yeah. I understand. Mm, um, yeah. But basically, they they made Pokemon uh, kind of a simple version, um, but in the Rick and Morty universe, and it was okay. It you know it didn't have quite the depth of some of the newer Pokemon games, and but it did have like microtransactions in where you could kind of open mystery Pokemons as such. <laughs> if you imagine going to a uh, a Poker Center and there was like a raffle machine that you could, you know, pull a one-armed band right, in. Right, right. See, oh, yeah, I got a Charizard. Um, that would be a kind of a free-to-play Pokemon. Would that be a great Pokemon game? Probably not. Would that be a Pokemon game on my phone that I could play? Yes, which is more than I really have other than Pokemon Go. Um, so, hmm, maybe I do want that. Maybe that hmm. is a great hmm. way of doing it. Or maybe the Pokemon Go model of, hey, do you want to buy an extra incubator? Or do you want to get some of these things or those things? Uh, you know, well, is the better way of doing it. So who knows? Yeah, Pokemon Go certainly made a metric metric ton of, of money or two. But um, mm. all right. Anyway, let's move on um, to Blizzard. And a number of things happened in the, the world of Blizzard in the past few weeks. But uh, one of them, which uh, sort of got my attention, was the uh, deal they have made with Twitch to s- exclusively stream uh, esports content on their platform. So a bunch, a number of the uh, esports uh, competition from Blizzard Games, uh, namely Overwatch, StarCraft, Hearthstone, uh, are going to, and World of Warcraft is included in that too, by the way, uh, are going to be streamed exclusively on Twitch. And it's not like, I mean, obviously Twitch is the platform for gamers to go uh, watch video game content, streamed uh but they did experiment with other things they had um espn for some of the starcraft uh the the uh heroes of the storm stuff and maybe that's still going to be happening the heroes of the dorm might still be on espn next year uh but they also had that that deal with um uh uh oh actually maybe heroes of the dorm was on facebook this year, I can't remember. I think it, I think it was on Facebook, but so they had deals with those. Yeah, so for streaming, exactly for streaming rights, I think now exclusively with Twitch, right? But, um, so and cable so, broadcast and stuff like that may still show up on ESPN and stuff like that. Right. So okay, I I actually have a question I want to ask you because you know Twitch pretty well. Um, I can't work out if this is a deal which is more advantageous for Twitch. Or for Blizzard, meaning who got money out of the deal, if anyone? Because I can absolutely see Twitch pl- paying Blizzard to have the exclusivity of those yeah, they streams. Yeah. And I could see Blizzard, you know, making a deal that would where they would need to give something to Twitch to make it, uh, you know, get some kind of promotion on Twitch and be front and center every time that thing uh, a blizzard tournament happens and so blizzard would be maybe even paying something to twitch to be to have that visibility on their platform and i can't work out which one makes more sense a, i think it's a i think it's both really i mean so what what this relationship means and i don't know don't take anything i, I say as fact 
um i i we I never was, do uh, we never do you know, chatting, don't worry chatting to Emmett, who's the ceo of twitch a couple of weeks ago and he spoke of the partnership but without any actual details so i don't know actually anything as fact but my interpretations are that the benefits for twitch are obviously the exclusivity means this isn't on youtube gaming this isn't on mixer you know this isn't on facebook live this is on twitch so it's a very sensible decision for twitch to be trying to secure big brand broadcast content you know if they've got overwatch league for argument's sake uh hearthstone uh, world series and stuff like that if these things are exclusive to their platform they're guaranteeing those large audiences that follow that are on their platform so that mm-hmm. increases the value of twitch as a place for other brands to advertise and to also want their stuff to be on because that is where the audience is. Um, it stops new places like Mixer, who are Microsoft, um, buying their way into the, the market by picking up uh, some of those big stars. Um, Twitch has already had a, always had a great relationship with Blizzard. Blizzard has always been in the top 10 uh, of Twitch stream games. Um, it makes sense because Twitch has authentically been a PC streaming platform as much as it is now on consoles and actually now on mobile devices as well. Um, so I can see Twitch paying money to have broadcast rights. Okay. On so top that's of the that, more though, likely you get the Twitch okay. Prime, where Twitch Prime rewards loot crates in Overwatch. We're going to get, we got a, a new hero in Hearthstone. Uh, we're probably going to get free packs in Hearthstone. Uh, we'll probably get like a World of Warcraft mount or a pet or something in line with expansions or when they want to make noise. Um, and that is a marketing spend from uh, Blizzard, where Blizzard wants to promote something. Uh, and so they either are spending developer resources or marketing budget to do that. And so obviously that is a, a spend with uh, um, Twitch. Uh, Blizzard also advertised through Twitch. So I'm sure they have a kind of a, a preferred rate in which they'll be able to buy cheaper advertising as part of it. So I imagine everyone's kind of doing okay and winning. Everyone feels like they've got a little bit like, oh yeah, we're getting all this great content and we've got great rewards going out to our Twitch Prime users. Blizzard's like, we've got all of these eyes on our products. We also get these cheaper rates when it comes to the ads or whatever. You know, again, I don't know what the deal is, but I can certainly see that kind of everyone's getting a a piece. Um, But I mean, it's a fantastic one to get. It's, it's a, it's a great company to have on board because they're so invested in esports. Mm. Yeah. You, for know, you sure. look at Starcraft, Morheim is always watching the Starcraft finals at BlizzCon. That's where he lives. And so, you know, you now have the, the main focus of the company at the top has always been to, to, to create great games and hopefully fingers crossed uh, they are enjoyable in the esports world, or you know, they live on longest and strongest in the esports world. Mm. Um, so, I, I think that it's a fantastic place to have a partnership. Yeah, and it does seem exactly as you said. Basically, everyone's winning in that operation. I'm, I'm, maybe you know, it's as simple as that. Blizzard, you know, there's money exchanging hands both ways through different channels, and maybe that's just what it is. But um, yeah, so we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, exclusivity for Blizzard stuff on Twitch, which is probably a good yeah, thing because I, Twitch I, knows how to deal with uh, with streaming, which is not always the case of their other partners. 
Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure, you know, Twitch, as they always would have previously highlighted big Blizzard products, but will more so uh, yeah, you exactly. know, promote this across everything. So um, I'm sure it'd be an exciting uh, place to be. And Twitch, I know, has a lot of uh, new features planned, of which I'm sure there'll be lots of Blizzard exclusive stuff along with those. Ooh, so, what um, kind of yeah, features? I, I don't know specifics. <laughs> Uh, okay. so yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, yeah, that's, that's probably a good deal for both companies and hopefully you will benefit as well. Um, a couple of other things from Blizzard specifically. I mean, the Necromancer is available in Diablo 3. Hearthstone Knights of the Thro Frozen Throne was announced. Um, mm. I just want to mention for that, that, uh, for those who aren't following Hearthstone very, uh, closely, they've changed the way they do expansions and adventures, uh, with which are, you know, content packs. Uh, they did that in the past in separate uh, instances. But in this case, it's going to be when the expansion is available, you're going to have access to what was previously the adventure, meaning a little bit of solo content, um, which will reward uh, packs from the expansions. And that's going to be available for free. So when the expansion drops, you're going to be able to go in and fight a number of solo bosses that... Uh, you're going to be able to enjoy and get some free packs for it. So that is a little bit of a shift in the way they're releasing content. And finally, Doomfist is available on the PTR in Overwatch. Doomfist, Doomfist being, of course, one of the big... Terry uh, uh, Big what? Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Uh, no, it's not, it's not it's Terry, Terry Crews. Uh, but yeah, so uh, as as is the case every few months with Blizzard, like a super packed uh, month with almost every game having lots of stuff. I mean, we're seeing the new content patch for World of Warcraft on the PTR as well, and there's some crazy stuff happening for the lore nerds uh, there. Uh, very quick oh, take on all of this happening with Blizzard. Anything that uh, uh, jumps out at you and uh, you want to comment on? So, uh, Knights of the Frozen Throne... Um, you've got now, uh, so it's Arthas is the Lich King. It's not Bolvar. Um, it's a more serious, uh, approach. Like the Lich King isn't joking. So it's not like we've got some campy Lich King. He's going to be serious and it's going to be a little bit darker, uh, as Blizzard likes to venture into occasionally at Hearthstone, give it a bit of contrast, but still we'll have some humor within it. Um, the interesting thing, all the heroes get, all nine heroes get to become death knights with, uh, hero cards played. So if you manage to get a legendary hero card, it will allow you to play that hero in the uh, class deck and it will transform your hero, give it five armor and then change its hero power over to something themed around a death knight. So the one they've released is a, is a hunter um, and the hunter gets to build a beast. So you'll be presented two uh, random discoveries of beasts. So you'll see three beast cards. You'll pick one of them. And then you'll see three more beast cards. You'll pick one of those and those will then be fused together to create one card with both sets of card text on there. Um, all basically just stats and cost, everything added together that you can then play out uh, if you've got the the resource. So yeah, it's, a, it's um, a fun mechanic. Yeah. yeah. And I think you know, it'd be interesting to see how the rest comes out. It's coming out in August. So we're going to be drip fed more stuff over the coming weeks. That's um, a bit but, annoying, honestly, the way they do that. I understand yeah. they have like 130 cards or whatever for each, each expansion, but doing it like, I don't know, 
three cards a day for a month and a half is kind of i'm sure the people who are very much into hearthstone are you know eagerly awaiting every new bit of information but for me who have lapsed out of the game i'm a little bit like ah, all right yeah, whatever. yeah exactly. i'll just wait so, for the actual expansion and maybe i'll i'll look at it but uh, yeah exactly it allows them to work in the new world of influencers so they can be like hey you can have a card reveal and you can have a card reveal and you can have a card reveal um but, but i mean really uh, like for do you think it, it's, it's, it's it works for for I everyone don't i think like it's it, too long i, I understand that but if they did it if they did it content, over a week, you know. I could get it. I could understand. But yeah. over like a month and a half or a month, it's... Uh, I imagine, Patrick, you know, in your old role uh, as PR at Blizzard, you'd be tasked with trying to create awareness over a period, uh, announcement period, and you're trying to think like, crimes, I've got six weeks to fill. How am I going to get... <laughs> uh, what have we got to work with? We've got the car. Okay, the car. Okay. Well, I'll, okay. If I do like, uh, if I'll leave it. I'll announce it. We'll leave it a week. Let it simmer. Uh, then we're going to hit him with this card, and then a week later we're going to show these two cards. You know, and it's just like, uh, yeah. you know, it's frustrating. Um, but it it seems to be that it has worked in terms of the game as a success. And I think often people are scared to try new things with ex- successful properties in case the new thing doesn't work as well as the old thing, and if they get blamed. So I fear that until they do the same thing and it doesn't work, we won't see a new thing. Um, but who knows? Mm. Um, yeah, makes so, sense. Yeah. Uh, and then for Warcraft 7.3 on the PTR, don't very, spoil. very, very don't, cool. Don't. I won't spoil, uh, but it does spoil the ending. It is the ending. Um, on top of that, uh, there are assets from the next expansion that were put out alongside this PTR content that have been data mined. So already... We kind of know where we're going. We kind of thought we were going there anyway, uh, but it's uh, it's kind of it's closer to being confirmed, as confirmed as you can get without Blizzard actually saying, "Lol, trolled you." We put those in for a joke. Um, so, <laughs> I, I want to go look at yeah. those data mines things so it, much. Exactly. But I yeah, it's, it's up to you. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Yeah. And then Doomfist, really interesting character. I do want to... Ma- I mean, Necromancer, we've already talked about it in Diablo 3. Basically, if you're into Diablo 3, I think it's a good value. It's tons of fun. If you're not, it's not going to bring you back into it. Uh, it's probably not worth it. If, you, if you're if lapsed, go check out Diablo 3. It, it has a lot of stuff that is super fun mm-hmm. in the game already without the Necromancer. Lots of stuff that has been added. So if you have some time this summer, maybe go check it out. And there's even for this week, uh, the there's a new feature called the Challenge Rifts where you can play a Necromancer with a specific build for a little bit. So you can try that um, if you want to see what the necromancer is like um but yeah so necromancer it's fun if you're into diablo 3 and i think it's well worth uh the amount if you're uh, a big diablo 3 nerd uh doomfist doomfist i did want to mention that um it's he is super fun to play and he's very different from all of the other characters in that game in overwatch because he feels the most like a fighting game character you have like a set of three or four different abilities that you can chain together in what looks very much like combos from a game a Mm. fighting game and being the fighting game um nut that i am 
Uh, it speaks to me a lot. So, and I've been playing him a lot on the PTR. I think he's really fun to play. Uh, not, I'm not quite good enough yet with him that I'm, uh, I would say it's one of my favorite characters, but I really like the direction they're going with this because it's a completely, completely different way of playing the character than any other of them. And they're all quite different, but this is entirely mm. different. So I appreciate that. I think, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a very mobile game in terms of uh, the maneuverability and the kind of the, the action and pace of it all. Uh, but Doomfist does feel particularly agile. Um, he's, he's very fun to play. Uh, he rewards you for getting up close and personal and harassing people up front. Um, it is yeah cool. It grows the story and the lore and the, the flavor of the whole space. Um, and it's great to, as always, finally scratch off a sort of like a, ah, so that's who Somber is. Oh, Doomfist, <laughs> I get it now um so we'll wait and see what the next overwatch tease is um yeah i was a little bit upset that the anime they launched him with wasn't a cinematic if that had been a blizzard cinematic of that same fight holy nuts that would have been like you know award-winning uh beauty um it was a cool looking anime it felt a bit generic for me yeah um, i agree it could but as a blizzard cinematic that same encounter just throwing down that would have been like the avengers of just, you know, you've got these cool superheroes teaming up against this unstoppable force. Uh, you know, uh, it would have been amazing. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was, everyone thought, oh, the, the anime is so cool and so blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Um, it's an anime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It. I mean, I like anime, but I didn't think this one was, it was good. It was good. But I would have lost my crap if it was like, a, a, you're right, a... a, a CG. That's the, yeah, exactly. CG anyway. of that same fight. Holy moly. That would have been yeah. so cool. Uh, all right, let's move on and talk a little bit about Player Unknown's Battleground, which we've been talking about for a few months now, and uh, you know that has been incredibly successful. It's uh, past yeah. four million copies sold. It's pre-access still, but it's uh, pretty playable already. As, but as well, we know, it's but, gonna uh, be they're, they're gonna finish it and be done with it quite soon, really. In so they said it the wasn't actual... gonna be available uh, yeah. finished in in the fall as they initially had promised. So. They still have a little bit more time to go, I, but uh, they, they, but I don't think it's going to be a perpetual early access title. Right, I think right. We're, we're, we're months away, see... not years away. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, as the game goes, and I, I've said this before, but you know, Brendan is the creative director on this. He's he's the guy behind uh, the battle royale mods and stuff on um, uh, Daisy H one Z one. And so this is the third time he's behind making this game. Uh, Blue Hole, kind of, I guess their biggest game is like Terra. Um, you know, hugely talented and big um, uh, South Korean computer de- uh, developer. Um, and they work obscene hours. Um, Brendan, Brendan's Irish. And he was telling me that on his first day there, he was kind of, you know, it was getting like 6 p.m. No one was, you know, kind of packing up, getting ready to go. He's like, oh, fair enough. You know, well, I don't want to be the first out. I'll keep, keep working on. <laughs> Goes on to 7 p.m., no one's moving. 8 p.m., still no one going. It was like kind of 10.30 where people started packing up to then go out <laughs> as the team to go get wasted. Uh, you know, party till like 3 a.m. to then go home and be back in the office for 7 a.m. Uh, and it's, you know, it's an obscene work culture over there where they work so hard, so long. Uh, they have to party 
as a team and stuff like that. It's very rude if you don't go out with the team. Um, and equally, which I found hilarious, it's obscenely rude to wake someone if they're falling asleep in a meeting. So, you know, as <laughs> I would be all the time on that work schedule, um, you know, they would, uh, you know, you, you just have to just, oh man, yeah, we're all you working know, it's hard. Funny, it's funny that the, the, the Koreans and the Japanese hate each other so much because they are so similar. This is exactly the way yeah. it works in Japan. Exactly. It's, it's, I mean, for everything, they're incredibly similar. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, we were discussing this at uh, Nerdtacular, and you did mention something I, I thought was really interesting. A lot of people are saying, oh, PlayerUnknown's Battleground, uh, Player Battleground came out of nowhere, and it's, it's kind of crazy, the popularity it's seeing. But you did mention it didn't come out of nowhere. It's the third time he's making the same game, basically. Yeah. And it's and picked it up a following refined. for... It's, yeah. it's like Blizzard. Blizzard makes, like, Diablo 3 was made three times before we played it you know like they right. made the game complete <laughs> and then we're like you know what it's not quite right now had there been any other company that would have been released in that state because it'd been like well we've made it now uh and we'll see what we can do see how people like it but blizzard with blizzard money says we'll hang on we'll we'll do it again the difference here is that this has been almost a public iteration that Brendan's gone through in terms of here's my first concept and what I've done with the mod and then the team and then doing it uh, with um, Daybreak on um, H1Z1 um, and, you know, going through all those different uh, stages to now have cracked it with the arcade format that he has where games are 20, 40 minutes long, depending how good you are. Um, you jump in, it's not like uh, Daisy, where like maybe an hour in you might find this, or like Rust, where like oh I finally learned how to make a, a shotgun. Now I've got to go get some metal. You know, oh I've been killed. Um, it's it's fast, high reward, high risk uh, gameplay. Uh, it's very very watchable, so it's done very well on Twitch, which has caused it to explode in popularity. Which right, creates, it's a super virtuous circle. It. Exactly, they love the look of it so they go out and buy it and they play it and they stream it and it's um it's fantastic uh they've started adding in for custom modes different stuff so they've done zombies uh so you can have a, a zombie mode where uh you know you're kind of like you're up against rush zombies and things like that and that kind of i always worry when they start tinkering with it because part of what makes that game so good is how pure that gameplay experience is um brendan was saying to me you know back i was chatting to him uh months and months ago uh, when it just came out about how he still had aspirations to make a thousand player persistent uh like hunger games where you go in there and you play for a, you know a weekend uh, mm. and see about surviving and i was like oh, never make that um because <laughs> now you're not as, so sure like well he's saying like the tech just isn't there to do that sort of stuff but the tech is now here to do what they've done right. but i think this game is so beautiful because of its snappy rewarding you know immediate content and it's not a long slog of nothing happening for ages and ages and then oh some excitement and then nothing happening for ages and ages or you know death feels like a oh but it doesn't feel like a complete disaster i die and i go like oh well exit game join the game 
you know, it's right. a very that's quick what, process. You know, that's what uh, I still haven't played PUBG. I really should get it and, and play it mm. now because it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of really like, should. yeah, professionally, you, you can't really be taken seriously without having played PUBG uh, these days. But let's be honest, no one takes me seriously anyway. Um, no, no, exactly. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to do that. But the, to me, what seems like the, the biggest uh, strength of that game is that it's not like all of those survival games, which are... You know, you, you build up your character for days and days on end. And like the quote unquote fun part of it is that you can lose everything if you if someone shows up and you don't quite know if they're friendly or not or blah, blah, blah. And you can lose days of work if someone shoots you in the head when you didn't expect it. In this one, it's the super compactified experience of the same thing. But it's kind of like, you know, the difference between an MMO and a MOBA where you yeah. compact the experience of a leveling in an MMO into a 20 minutes or 40 minutes game in a MOBA, this is kind of the same thing, or that's what it feels to me like, with those very long-winded uh, survival games compacted into a 20-40 minutes uh, experience. Mm. So, anyway. no, Very true. Now, the great things are added to the game are new maps, because it does get very samey just having the one map. Um, they've added regularly new weapons, which changed the game somewhat. Uh, but otherwise, it's been just a huge amount of polish. You know, they're mm. just introducing kind of better animations, uh, kind of uh, more quality of life stuff, new vehicles, um, new custom games, all of those sorts of things. And they are just nailing it continually. Yeah. They're doing amazing stuff. So, yeah, huge fan of um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I think it's a fantastic game. All right. Um, the uh, it was Forbes who named the most influential gamer in the world, and that was Markiplier. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't, wasn't the PewDiePie. Or me. It wasn't Yogscast. No, 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 I guess. Yeah, PewDiePie. I guess. Yeah. yeah he could possibly. Be. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I wanted to ask you because I don't really follow the world of uh, Let's Players on YouTube. And I was kind of shocked because it's not that I, I, you know, I knew of Markiplier as like a, a YouTuber from the periphery of my mm. gaming knowledge. I had never heard the name. And it's oh, like, really? is okay. he, like, is he, so, so I, I'm guessing so, he's a huge yeah. deal, but I, I went to look at what he does and it's very PewDiePie-y. It's like, yeah, no, it it, is. he just plays a game and, and yeah. you know, comments on oh, it, but it's not like edited. Yeah. It's just like, it, it doesn't feel like, something that that is for me so it feels like something that is for you know 10 to 12 year olds exactly who are the audience of youtube mm. um but i mean so so obviously the the term influencers um it comes from the fact that you know well, what do you how do you label these online personalities and the reality is is brands have labeled us influencers because we influence purchase decisions um so if we play a game or wear a set of sneakers or drink a particular drink in theory our audiences are more likely to replicate that as they aspire to be more like us or that they've gravitated to this personality that they feel is a good taste for for their interests as well um markiplier so markiplier used to be uh no one uh on youtube as as everyone did um but it's funny actually some of our guys here so we've got a trio of creators at, at Yogscast called Hat Films and they created a, uh, a Minecraft narrative series um, of which they kind of did open auditions. And one of the people to audition 
was Markiplier, and he's got a very deep voice. Uh, and uh, so he did he did some kind of audition tape stuff that he sent in, being like, you know, I love you guys. I just like to you know do some stuff. Um, you know, here's here's my tape. And I always find it funny because they they were like, nah. <laughs> and and now you look at this guy is huge, and basically he. He came along and reinvented himself post PewDiePie's explosion, um, uh, explosion of popularity, um, to to basically be PewDiePie, and it, it's very strange that that actually works. So when you look at Jacksepticeye, uh, Markiplier, and PewDiePie, they're very similar in their style of content, um, and that seems to be what works really well for a particular audience. Um, which happens to be huge. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great niche that they're kind of working towards. They're all relatively trendy, attractive uh, young men as well um, who have higher than average female audience uh, viewership. Um, but there's nothing particularly um, special, shall I say, um, about any person on YouTube just past the point that they did it for long enough to the point where they broke through. Um, I, I always like to think of it like pop stars um, were, as I grew up, um, a lot of people wanted to be pop stars. And TV shows came along like um, Pop Idol, or, uh, Britain's Got Talent, or uh, The Voice, or uh, whatever they call them, X Factor. Um, you know, these shows were about people, everyone just aspires to be in this dream world of of being fantastic, admired, entertained, entertaining and talented and all these things. But the reality is a lot of people, as much as they want it, they're not good enough. Uh, and occasionally there's people who are good enough. They just haven't had the, they haven't been discovered or they haven't had the opportunity to display that. Um, for, for someone like Markiplier, he shows that he has a talent, uh, but equally he also has a determination that others don't. You know, mm. he was doing this and he was working hard back when he was making no money and getting no views, but he kept doing it. And now he has lots of money and lots of views. Uh, and it's not to say that, oh, yeah, just keep at it, kid. And one day you'll be a star, too. No, you know, if you're if you're boring, you're always going to be boring and you're always going to be dull. And, and you know, as, as horrible as it sounds, you know, you'll never be a star. But. If you have well, I don't. I mean, you can also learn to be it. less boring, but uh... you could potentially. But you need to have something to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and you know, equally though, you need to keep working at it. And so, you know, like, like I said, all credit where it's due for someone like Markiplier who reinvented himself. Um, you know, saw what PewDiePie was doing was like, well, I can do that, and then <laughs> did it. Uh, is amazing. It really is. It sounds, you know, it sounds like it would be easy to emulate someone else, but it's really not. And to do that every single day and, you know, keep going with it, like, you know, mm. after it. I guess it, it reassures me a little bit that you're, you know, ex explaining how Markiplier and Jacksepticeye are really doing the same kind of content as PewDiePie because I don't really yeah. love uh, that content. And mm -hmm. so it's it's not surprising to me that I don't know who those guys are. Oh, by the way, Markiplier is at 17 million subscribers and Jacksepticeye at 15. Um, so yeah. they're still very far from uh, PewDiePie. But... Pews, but even then, I mean, so subscribers are a, a weird metric to go off. YouTube is, as, um, you know, went through a phase where it drove people to subscribe. 
So when you signed up to YouTube, you clicked on your interests. So for example, you click gaming and then you were subscribed to PewDiePie. You didn't choose PewDiePie. You were subscribed to PewDiePie in terms of like, here's some channels you might like. Um, and different channels were in that mix of which PewDiePie was very much always in that mix. So it shows, you know, kind of 40 plus million people signing up and discovering this guy by default. Um, however, so for example, the Yogscast, you know, we were at about one and a half million subscribers when that feature was introduced. Um, we're now at seven million subscribers on that same channel. Um, and that was, I guess it's four or five years ago. Um, we were, we, you know, we dropped off of that list as they cycled other people in and they, you know, YouTube has its own algorithms that it chooses like, oh yeah, we think this channel is trending in the right way. This seems to be generating the right sort of responses all of those sorts of things. Um, but the reason these channels got so big um, was because that YouTube made them that big. Um, mm. What's more impressive is their, their viewership and watch time is still, you know, still very high. I mean, PewDiePie gets, you know, millions of views at his peak got tens of millions of views. Uh, but if you look at the viewership to subscriber, re you know, relationship, it's, you know, like 10%. Um, whereas, you know, other people get higher views and all the rest. Anyway, so YouTube is a, a funny, weird thing. But we do have this fascination and subscriber numbers because that was what was championed. Uh, now, if you talk to YouTube, they, they talk about watch time, which is a private stat. So, you know, it's hard for someone to tell. But basically, it's, it's how much time do people spend watching your content? Uh, how engaging is it? How 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 special is that? Um, and that's the stat that they use to kind of drive their recommendations now. Yeah, it's funny because the um, the stat that is being used for <laughs> companies gauging the importance of an influencer is well, I guess two things: uh, the subscriber numbers are still very important. I'm I'm guessing, uh, but that's the yeah, chatter yeah. I'm hearing from companies who want to get influencers to talk about their product it's like oh my god they have three million subscribers or whatever and yeah views again, on individual videos yeah so even then the, the most important thing for any company trying to work with an influencer is relevance it isn't audience size or viewers or anything it's relevance in that if you have a product that that kind of you know that would be of interest to that kind of person then you should work with them um so the classic example is for example pewdiepie very famously would get paid eighty thousand dollars to play a game so that's how much a brand would have spent i don't know what it is now it may be more it may be less but they would spend eighty thousand dollars to get them to play a game so for example um a kerbal space program paid uh, a heck of a lot of money Uh, to make a studios um, to have um, a series of their top gaming talent play Kerbal Space Program. Um, now, Kerbal Space Program, for you, those of you who don't know, is like a um, a space sandbox. You build rockets, you launch them up. It's got a great personality behind it. Um, but uh, from that activity, they got nothing in terms of Kerbal. They didn't. They, you know, they got the videos, but sales were nowhere. They oh, got the really? views. But sales were nowhere because they were having this very uh, nerdy sandbox, you know, space flight, you know, Lego building rocket thing played by reactiony 
uh, funny, horror, whatever, jump scare channels. So they spent all this money buying the audience and all they found is the audience that couldn't care less. And, and that is an experience that so many brands have gone through now where they think, oh, yeah, we want to get the biggest audience. We want to make the biggest noise. And it's not. You want to find the audience that is going to pay money to buy your thing. Um, and so, uh, you know, often, like I said, brands learn the hard way. You know, they go out there, they spend a lot of money and they either think, well, this whole influencer marketing thing doesn't work out very well, does it? Um, or they realize like, whoops, we made a mistake and we went for the wrong person. Um, so relevance is, is a hundred percent key. Um, you know, we've had it with Yogs where we've played the right game for a, for a company before and the sales have gone up to the same levels in terms of units sold as they would during a sale even though the product's at full price. Mm. And we've had other times where we've played games that aren't right for us and the needle's not really moved. And that's the important thing for both sides of the equation to learn in terms of it's in everyone's best interest to only play games and promote things that genuinely they are excited about and would create content about anyway. Um, mm. So those are the most effective marketing spends uh, just to go in a weird trend transient there tangent i can't speak <laughs> uh weird but interesting a transient uh, tangent and okay. and a tencent might also be appropriate here since tencent is going to be launching their uh super successful mobile game uh possibly in the west very soon um that game oh. is called honor of kings and uh, mm. it's basically incredibly similar to league of legends which mm. by the way is Fair also so. owned by tencent so it makes sense and it's a mobile version of league of legends except it's not done by riot and it's not called league of legends but that's basically what it is it is uh the one that we have a few mobas in uh europe in the west i mean and some some people have tried to make the uh de facto uh king of moba genre on mobile and no one has managed and that game has done that in china um and they're getting ready to bring it to the west and uh that's a, a big deal because obviously if it works out then it might mean that um we will have a king of the moba genre on mobile as well as uh pc Um, so maybe it might also come... mean that Riot finally launches another game. You know, they've <laughs> made so many and always been like, nah, it's not good enough. Uh, you know, they uh, they have so much money, it doesn't make any difference. Everyone stopped right. playing League today. For them, yeah. They could carry on, you know, making League for the rest of time. Um, but I would love them to kind of feel like, oh, we're losing traction here, guys. We should probably just take a risk on one of these projects that we weren't too sure about. Because oh, I hope they so make one that uh, I, I think I hope they make one that is worthy of their consideration. I would love to see another game from Riot, and you know I never got into League of Legends uh, because you know it's just too hardcore for me, I guess. Um, yeah, but it, it is an immensely talented uh, company, and they have the luxury and the resources to make another game that would be. You know the the kind of thing that could rock the gaming world. So well, I'd be very do. excited that's to the, see. That's the worst thing. That's what I don't like. It's a bit like Blizzard. You know, Blizzard makes a lot of internal stuff that we never see. Uh, Riot makes a huge amount. So like, it, it was very interesting when Overwatch was announced. Um, Riot were kind of holding off announcing their. Um, Here's what we made from the team 
of Titan. You know, here's our version. And they never did because it was just that point where it's like, oh, I don't think ours is as good as that or it's not as flashy <laughs> as that. Well, let's not do it. Uh, and it just seems to happen. And I just, I just really wish they would just put uh, another game out there. Yeah, but you don't want them to put because they a, a mediocre to. game out there. You want them. To I put don't know great. how mediocre it is. I wonder <laughs> about their own standards. Like I said, because mm. they've never released the second game, uh, we don't really know how good something is for them. You know, and they forget that League grew. League wasn't launched perfect and hugely successful. It did very well. But they iterated on it and they improved on it and they've remade it a couple of times while it's been a live game. And I just I get frustrated because, you know, it, I just think that, you know, there's more good gaming experiences out there that we haven't been able to have because some guys being a bit fussy. It's like, come on. <laughs> Stop being fussy is your yeah, message exactly. to write. Because it might be that, you know, Overwatch is a fantastic game, but it might have been that Riot would have found a better way of doing it. You know, mm. we just don't know. Who knows? And we might never know. Um, well, all right. Uh, and uh, last uh, tidbit, the PlayStation 4... Uh, okay, so PlayStation Now uh, now includes some PlayStation 4 games. So if you don't know, PlayStation Now is that service that allows you to stream games, the videos uh, of games, and uh, you can subscribe and you can get all of these games that are included in the service while you are subscribed and it's streamed to you. You don't download the actual games. You just play from a distant server, which is not great for super fast multiplayer games, but for single player games, it, it usually works quite well. And now, uh, until now, there was only PlayStation 3 games, but now they're starting to add PlayStation 4 games as well. So it might grow into a service that is really um, uh, worth it. I, I'm sure it's already worth it for some people, specific cases, but it might be more interesting for more people as they add more PlayStation 4 games. And um, last thing is, I guess, a question to uh, probably the both of us. Uh, Steam sales just uh, finished a few days ago. I was wondering, I guess you already have all the games because you get them from all the companies. So I'm not sure uh, you mm. got any from uh, the Steam sales I did. themselves. I, I bought, oh, you did. Um, all right. So what, what would you... one game. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, so, so okay, what did so you get? Bought, is it fun? Is it something? It. Is there something? I haven't you would actually even played it yet. Oh. Um, it's <laughs> I saw it played. Um, where is it? What's it called? Uh, I've got it in my. Uh, it's I want to get the name right. It's it's one where you play as a Roman uh, gladiator. You run a gladiator thing. Um, hang on, Steam. I'm gonna put in put. I'm just gonna look for it in my uh, in my emails. Uh, do do It was Domina. That's the one. Dom. Okay. So it cost me £3.49, uh, so <laughs> super expensive. Um, and basically, I fell in love with it because it's got it's like 9 out of 10 on Steam. It's a very well-loved game. Um, and basically, you have a pixel kind of 16-bit looking um, gladiator, uh, and uh, you basically uh, find them, train them, uh, build your squad, take on different challenges um and what's really cool if you stream it you can connect the game with your twitch account and the names of the gladiators and the people you face will be taken from chat so you can be on there and it again it makes it a very fun game to kind of is it stream. an action game or um, like strategy i don't it's a kind of it's like a 
a management action sim. Uh, so you can control the combat or you can let the computer kind of duke it out based on your stats and all the rest. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, um, I, I, I really like the look of it when I saw it played. I still haven't myself played it. Um, okay. mainly because it's, uh, it's PC only and I very recently got a Mac. Um, so I, I, I don't want to install windows on here cause then I feel like I'm an idiot hypocrite. But no, probably, yeah. you're going to need to at some point. Yeah, just just boot camp it. it it'll be fine. Uh, That's yeah, I do it, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got a, a number of games, um, but mainly I got uh, Hollow Knight and Dead Cells, and I've played both. Okay, and they're good. Yeah, they're they're really interesting. I mean, Hollow Knight is a basically Metroidvania, and it's incredibly pretty like the art style is really nice it's um it's weirdly depressing but at the same time very thoughtful and uh you kind of piece together the things from the, the what the, the the world is i wouldn't say about but what the world is uh slowly as you you go into that uh the deeps of that uh cave you're exploring and uh it's very well done it's it's very nice i'm not sure it's a game i will finish i've played just a little bit but it's the kind of thing that if you pick it up, no matter what kind of gamer you are, if you pick it up for cheap enough, it's worth at least playing for a couple of hours because it's interesting. Um, and the other one I got was Dead Cells, which everyone has been talking about for a few weeks. And it is really interesting as well. It's kind of a mix between a Metroidvania and a roguelike. Um, and it's got this... A uh, very stylized pixel pixelated retro look, which really works. Uh, it's it's on the at the frontier between pixelated and just animated art blobs, and it's it has great personality and uh, the gameplay is very very tight. It's a bit too difficult for me. And the thing is, I'm already spending so much time in other games that I don't think I want to take the time to get good at this one uh, on top of everything else I'm doing. But again, mm. it's kind of a, um, a, a an interesting take on that uh, uh, that type, that genre of game, which is original enough that if you like roguelikes and these kind of things, you, it's worth uh, looking into it's still in early access but the game is very very playable so um yeah dead cells and hollow knight are the two that i uh that i got cool. nice and that brings us to the end of this episode thank you so much sir for being with us uh my thank you for inviting me might you tell the uh audience if they don't know uh where they would find more of what you're doing well, I'm going to instead plug uh, the game uh, that we've uh, published because uh, that's far more interesting to a gaming audience. Um, so uh, Cave Blazers, if you haven't heard of it, um, check it out on Steam. Uh, it's a roguelike uh, Spelunky type uh, adventure game where you kind of uh, randomly get, build your character and it's super tricky, super hard. Um, it's great fun and we are launching local co-op soon ish. 
Uh, <laughs> That's so the, also that, be uh, uh, so a feature. Just to explain, yeah, it's, it's soon-ish TM is as our one, yeah. Blizzard no, but soon. I mean the, the the local co-op is the one with the super interesting like division of the screen that updates. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not moves. sure if we're going to launch with it as well. We're worried that it might okay. be a bit um, kind of motion sicknessy. Um, oh, really? But okay. we're, that's why we're still testing it at the moment, just trying to get it. And I'm playing quite a lot of it at the moment. Um, it's it's really good. Uh, it's really fun. And also with co-op, uh, when you die, uh, you can possess objects as a ghost. Um, so sometimes you could like find a chest that would normally be out of reach, but you can kind of possess it and jump it off a ledge so that your friend can get it. Um, your friend, if they resurrect, if they find a resurrection type artifact or item, they can go back to your corpse and res you. But otherwise, you know, you just kind of float around as ghost. Um, so there's new gameplay that's added with the local co-op. And then once we've got that settled, uh, we're going to work on the online multiplayer, um, which will really open that up, obviously, in terms of the amount of fun you can have with, with friends around the world. Um, we love it. It's a really good game. It's done really well. PC Gamer gave it, I think, like 82, 84, something. You know, it's, it's, it's a good game. It's a good game. <laughs> genuinely uh, a good game. Genuinely a good game. Rock, paper, shotgun, love it as well. So people who have good taste like it. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm very proud of it. I think it's really good. Um, I still need to, like Scott hasn't let me know. For Nataculo, everyone who went there should get a free copy. Um, but Scott. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, we will be getting those out. So Patrick, you'll get one through Excellent. that anyway. Um, and, um, yeah, it's really good fun. So yeah, check it out if you haven't already see if it's the sort of game you're interested in. If not, no worries. You know, I bid you adieu. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, so cave blazers on, on steam, give it a Google, uh, and see if Ten you like bucks. it. It's Ten almost bucks. nothing. And you pay once and you have the whole game. That's it. Exactly. It's a, it's Incredible. a premium experience. We've got no microtransactions. Um, as of yet DLC planned. we never know no oh, i mean no. again i don't know i think we're going to add some <laughs> we're going to try and add some items for our charity stuff um, okay. but uh we'll see what what comes after that and uh user reviews on uh on steam recent very positive overall very positive so there you go that yeah. people That's like it go with. it's a very positive people do like it uh so check it out Cool. All right. Thank you very much. Once again, it's called Cave Blazers. And uh, for me, I'm not Patrick on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can also find me at Frenchspin.com, where I host the shows that I produce. There is Pixels and, of course, The Phileas Club, which is a show where we talk about uh, politics uh, or world news, rather, with people from different countries. So every month we get together and we talk about what's been happening in the world and we get opinions and uh, um, you know, views from different people from different countries like we might get someone mm. from the US someone from Sweden someone from France someone from the UK someone from Thailand someone from China uh someone from who knows any country is welcome so that's a project i really enjoy doing and you can find it at frenchspin.com on top of the other shows uh the other episodes of pixels including uh the one about e3 that we did uh, it was the last time um and i think so i might skip another episode for the next one because i'm kind of uh taking a few a couple of weeks off uh but we will be back after that for uh the month of august and uh there will be some interesting stuff happening at uh, gamescom towards the end of august that i'm really looking oh, forward to exciting uh thank you so much for being on turf sir thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you soon bye 
Yeah. If that's public I information, see. maybe I, I... Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Is it? All right. So I'll just delete that this part of the, uh, of the <laughs> recording. 